0: On this week's episode, we welcome CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla. We're so pleased to have as our guest today, um, the CEO of Pfizer, uh, Albert Borla. I wanna thank him so much for joining us. We heard just recently that the FDA finally approved Pfizer as a vaccine. Um, There's so much discussion about the booster. You know, Dr. Borla, uh, it is well established that this vaccine hesitancy has limited its rapid distribution. And you know, it's interesting, particularly for African Americans, who've had have had their historical reasons as to be skeptical about the healthcare delivery system, and even perhaps even trusting others uh, when they use it, no matter what the experience has been for other demographics. What steps can be taken uh, from where you sit and what have you done uh, as the CEO of Pfizer to allay these misgivings and increase vaccine uptake among American- African-Americans?
1: Oh, thank you for the question and uh, you are right because right now the blacks or the African-Americans in the U.S., they are uh, clearly disadvantaged compared to their white counterparts, the other white citizens. Uh, uh, right now, if you're an African-American in the U.S., uh, you have 2.8 times more likely to go to, to hospitalize and two times more chances to die from COVID. So um, this is a population that we need to make sure that uh, um, vaccination rates are uh, uh, among the highest in the nation. Uh, what we did was from the beginning, we tried to make sure that in our clinical trials, we have a good representation of uh, minorities in the population of the study so that people will see that uh, the, uh, the, the, the population of the study reflects the demographics of the communities uh, that we have in, in this country. And uh, we were able to achieve that. We had double-digit percentage of, uh, of uh, African-Americans and we have also double-digit percentage of, uh, of uh, Latinos that were represented in this study. And also we try to make sure that um, there is transparency of our data, not only for the African Americans, but for everyone in the world. So we are among the first, and likely we are, there is no one else like us in publicizing data about the performance of this vaccine. We keep putting information out there about the effectiveness, we keep putting information out there about the safety, and we're not the only ones that uh, eventually uh, uh, have to speak about it. It is a job of everyone. I think uh, the journalists, I think uh, uh, the religious leaders, I think the community leaders, I think the government, I think everyone needs to speak up and explain to people that they are still have some hesitancy, that uh, this hesitancy only creates issues, not only to their health, but unfortunately to the health of the others as well.
0: You know, you know is there any other reason um... Um, to think, Dr. Borla, that vaccine effectiveness varies from F, one ethnic group to another. Because I heard you just say there is a dis- disadvantage when it comes to African Americans and Latinos. Is 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 any is it any the less effective at disease prevention among African Americans in comparison to other populations and Latinos?
1: Not at all. It is exactly the same. The biological effect of the vaccine it is exactly the same in all races. It's very well-documented, something like that. The double uh, uh, likelihood has to do with the vaccination rates of this population and also their uh, social um, life habits, where they work, and this is what makes them more vulnerable.
0: You know, Doc, I I, I noticed um, you, I saw you in an interview recently where you say you along with 90% of, uh, it was a high percentage of your employees are vaccinated you don't make it mandatory because you respect the re- re- the freedoms and the right of people to choose anything short of mandating it what do you feel has been effective in convincing people particularly the demographics like african americans or latino to eventually take the vaccination
1: first of all I, it's not that we think that it should not be uh, mandatory and we don't think that uh, if uh, someone uh, has a requirement for vaccinations that violates the freedom of the people. This is not the reason. What I said was that already we have in Pfizer, 90% vaccination rate. So that makes it a very small issue for us uh, in in the company. Uh, What was your question, Armstrong? The
0: the question is, is what is it you do? What is that work to convince people to take the vaccination you know, on our platforms, I encourage people to take the vaccination. Obviously, has work. Obviously, there are those who are vaccinated and go COVID again, and yet it has far less of an impact. You're not as sick. You don't have to be hospitalized. What have you found in your leadership as the CEO of Pfizer that actually convinces people, no matter their demographic, to
1: take the vaccination? I think what we should do it is lead by example and be very transparent. We should be speaking about everything about the vaccine. We should be putting all the data out there in a very transparent way. And not very picking and put out their positive data, uh, which would put all data there. So I think that's very, very important. I think that um, from my discussions with people that they are hesitant of getting the vaccine, I realized that their, their main the foundation is the fear. And that could be based on uh, misinformation, or could be based even in the presence of accurate information, a fear either about the needle or about the unknown or about the medicines in general. So what you can do when someone has a fear, the most important thing it is to to try to explain to people that this decision is not affecting only themselves. It's affecting the health of others and likely it's affecting the health of the people that they love the most. Because they are the people that uh, they will hug. They are the people that they will spend together the evening in the kitchen table. They are the people that will interact with. And that could be the grandma, That could be the mom. That could be the kid. Because COVID affects everyone. So it is extremely important for them to understand that uh, conquering their fear could save the lives of the people that they love. And I think this, I found this to be the most compelling argument uh, for these people.
0: You know, the CEO of Pfizer, uh, Albert Borla, is, I guess, you know, I was watching um, former President Trump give a speech in Alabama recently, and when he, it's my first time I've heard him publicly advocate the vaccination, and when he did, he was absolutely booed. I mean, with all that we've heard about the vaccination, its effectiveness, people who decided to um, not be vaccinated found themselves with COVID, they died. Uh, even uh, even people who were um, in, in, in public office. And yet you look at that with the former president and they booed him. Is that an indication that we still have a long way to go, Dr. Borla?
1: I think we have um, a long way to go. If you see the numbers, uh, 60% approximately of Americans have been vaccinated, which means 40 have not been fully vaccinated. Uh, I heard yesterday that uh, 70% have at least one dose, which is very encouraging. But it's far away from uh, the 90 that we would uh, like to have. So all that we have in Pfizer population, for example, the employees. So, yes, we have a long way to go. And uh, if there is one thing that worries me about uh, uh, winning the battle against pandemic, it is uh, clearly not the variants, because I think we have all the scientific tools to, to defeat them. Uh, it is uh, the hesitancy of people that if they don't get the vaccine, then how can we battle How can we win this battle?
0: You know, I tell you that's a good point you make. Let's go to the science. What are the scientific data and regulatory processes that back up the safety and efficacy profile of your vaccine?
1: Typically, the FDA will require to have a safety database that usually composed of thousands of people and goes down, let's say, several months. Uh, In this particular vaccine, uh, we had one of the largest safety databases uh, we submitted uh, in thousands of people safety data for six months. Uh, just to give you a, a, a size, a magnitude, um, our file that was submitted to the FDA was composed from 360,000 pages of data. 360,000 pages of data. Thousands of scientists worked to produce those data and to put them in front of them. But even uh, setting aside that this is likely the medicine with the most submitted data in the history. This is also the medicine that we have real world data more than anything else we could ever imagine. We have administered already to humans more than 1 billion doses before the approval of the FDA, the full approval of the FDA, more than 1 billion doses. And we know very, very well what is the efficacy and very, very well what is the safety of this vaccine with uh, no, uh, with no error because the numbers are uh, so big. So no one should have any uh, hesitation because maybe we don't know or maybe it is too early. There is no product medicine that have been uh, used in so many people in the history of humanity.
0: Dr. Borla, you know, let, let's, let's stay with that because I think that is um, so important. Tell us uh, about the diversity in Pfizer's pivotal global clinical trial because I think that is very important.
1: So oh, the diversity was following the, the pretty close the uh, the statistics of the, the demographics. Uh, we have uh, more than ten percent African Americans. We had again very high number of Latinos. Uh, so we have uh, women and men. Uh, we have all ages, uh, very well represented, uh, from eighteen to uh, to um, uh, more than. Uh, 85, and then we did additional studies to go down to 12 years old, 16, and then 12 years old. So there's literally, in the clinical study, no population that has not uh, uh, been represented in this study. But I repeat, we went for this medicine way above uh, the what the regulatory uh, requirements are. We have administered one billion doses that have been administered to everyone in existence. So if there is anything here that uh, we could uh, see, we would have seen
0: it. You know, that's interesting because um, some people say that the FDA rushed approval um, and, and they felt that it was approved without any sort of a, of a more standard timeline. What do you say to those critics?
1: I think that all the time there are people that they are having criticism that they want to fit their narrative. So if your narrative is that, well, I don't know, I'm very skeptical about the vaccine, try to find excuses. As I said, the truth is that there is no medicine that comes even close to that, we, comes to a close to have the experience of usage and the breadth and depth of data that uh, were submitted to the FDA than this medicine.
0: Let, let, me, let, me, let, 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 me, let me raise this with you. Uh, and we're so uh, happy to have the CEO of Pfizer, Dr. Albert Borla joining us. Will the booster change um, to fight the Delta variant? What, what do you mean? Uh, will, will the boosters change to fight the Delta variant? Or are you developing a vaccine for children? And
1: also, when will it be ready? Right. So let's start with the children, and then I'll go to the boosters. With the children, yeah. we are uh, studying. Uh, we are having uh, an ongoing, very large studies. Uh, the studies for kids between five and eleven, so means all the way down to five, uh, will be completed the next month in September, and then we will submit it to the FDA. Uh, and uh, studies for kids below five years uh, will be completed after one month. So that's on the on the kids. On the booster studies. Uh, We uh, have uh, completed our studies for booster studies, and uh, we are submitting to the FDA. Uh, We have real-world evidence from Israel, that was the first country that started with the booster studies, where we can see that uh, the safety profile of the third dose of the same vaccine uh, is excellent. It is exactly the same like uh, the second dose, for example. Actually, numerically, a little bit even better. And the efficacy, uh, we started having uh, right now the first results coming of the effectiveness of the booster in the face of Delta, and they are very, very encouraged. Uh, In the lab uh, and the data that we are submitting to the FDA uh, comparing immunogenicity against Delta, the the third booster is excellent. So I truly feel very, very optimistic that uh, Delta will not be an issue as long as we vaccinate ourselves uh, with a booster if we have already done the vaccine and get the vaccine if we haven't done. No, this brings us back to our
0: earlier discussion, um, Dr. Bula. You know, black Americans are, is interested 1.1 times more likely to contract the COVID-19 variant um, than their white counterparts according to CDC data from um, July 16th, 2021. Uh, again, and I cannot emphasize this enough, why should, American blacks, get vaccinated. And what do you say
1: about their concerns about this vaccine? I repeat, they should get vaccinated because otherwise they have very high risk of them to get sick, hospitalized, or die. And they should get vaccinated because if they don't do it, they expose the people they love to this situation. The people that they love could contact the virus from them and get hospitalized or die. It's very important to do it. I understand if people have some fears about it, but they should understand what is at risk here, not only their health, the health of the others. And what do you say to those that
0: read these stories where people are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, they get COVID again, they die, and they use this as part of the fear as why they don't want to get a vaccination. And I I know you understand this, as a CEO of Pfizer, that things happen and you're going to always lose someone along the way. But in terms of the overall picture, when people look at people who contract the virus again after being vaccinated as sort of a hesitation, hes- hesitancy for themselves, what do you say to them?
1: So I think that there is no vaccine that it is 100% effective, although this vaccine was 100% effective against deaths and hospitalizations, at least in the first months of it. Then the immunity wanes. And when you do the booster is then you will go up to this high level of protection. But in general, in biology, you cannot have 100% protection. But if you see the numbers of those that they die, they are the numbers are astonishing. It's all people that, the huge majority of them, they are people that they haven't been vaccinated, they haven't been protected. This is a pandemic right now of the unvaccinated. Look, If you want to kid yourself and try to find excuses why you don't want to do it, you can always do, but the data are there and the data are saying that if you make the vaccine or if you don't make it, the difference is huge. It's not a small difference. It's huge. You know,
0: sometimes Dr. Borler, as in closing, um, you know, you are the CEO of Pfizer and, and I know you must be ecstatic that the FDA has finally approved um, your vaccine, but you're also a human being too. You're a family man you have loved ones that have been impacted by um, COVID-19, by these variants um, and talk about your own experiences and with COVID-19 and how this has impacted you in terms of what you do every day to make sure that people are vaccinated, to make sure that you and your team and your thousands of employees around the world are on top of this issue, to make sure you not only make Americans safe, but people safe around the world.
1: Yeah, thank you. As you see, I'm also, in addition to be CEO, I'm a father and a husband, and uh, and I care about my family. And because of my position, I was able to have high visibility on the impact that COVID has. And I could see uh, the devastation that can create with deaths and uh, hospitalization. So I was very concerned about my family. So I was very conservative. I asked them all to wear masks, not to go out in the first month. And I got approval to get exception uh, the vaccine earlier before my age come because as you remember in the beginning uh, uh, very few people could get the vaccine because the production was small. I've chosen not to take it at the time that in January or February because I didn't want to cut the line when uh, we we approved the vaccine to above fifty five. When time for people above fifty five started, I was the first one to get it, and I go I got it in March, and uh, then uh, once. Uh, the ages for my kids open, they got it immediately, them and, and my wife. And now uh, we are, uh, I'm in March, so my eighth month will be sometime in, uh, in uh, November. And uh, I can't wait to do my booster shot because I want to be protected and I want to protect my family. Do you see us getting this
0: in any kind of control, slowing down, or do you see it continue to spread? As the CEO of Pfizer, where do you think the future, how much longer would the world and our economies and our lifestyles and our choices be impacted by this?
1: If we defeat the main issue right now, and I repeat, it's not the Delta or any variant. The main issue is the high stands. If people get vaccinated, this thing will get under control. We will maintain immunity of the population and life can continue going on. Uh, That might be the biggest variable and the biggest uh, issue that I see for for me. Uh, Clearly, you know, maybe one day a variant that it is very different uh, emerges and uh, uh, that creates issues to our current vaccines. I'm very confident we will find a solution, a medical solution against that. We will be able to do, even for the most strange variant, a vaccine that is tailor-made against it. But as long as we take the vaccines, I'm confident if we don't, That's the biggest problem.
0: My final thoughts with the um, CEO of um, Pfizer, Dr. Albert Bourla, what has been the greatest impact and the greatest lesson that you've learned since COVID has impacted the world over the last two years, um, Dr. Bourla?
1: There are so many, and I'm sure there are so many for so many people because uh, uh, fundamental things and the way that we knew life works uh, changed rapidly. Um, But if I can say one, it is, uh, I have a true, renewed belief in the power of science. I think uh, this is what this pandemic uh, taught us. the Maintaining a vibrant scientific community, it is the biggest, the most impactful thing that society can do. And because we had a vibrant uh, private sector and a vibrant scientific uh, community, we were able to defeat this virus or to bring the tools to defeat this virus very soon.
0: And if you had, in your final words, if you had to advise people on manage fear and overcome the anxiety and the best way to embrace this new season we find ourselves in, what
1: wisdom would you share with our audience? You know, fear is a strong emotion and there is only one thing in human uh, Uh, Soul that it is uh, stronger than fear love And so I would say think the people that you love think your beloved ones and That will give you the strength to overcome your fear because you know that you are doing something good for the people You love you know what? I I know we
0: were supposed to talk a few minutes, but it's been such a Such a pleasure having the CEO of Pfizer Dr. Albert Bourla join us today Uh, and I hope we can have continue to have these conversations in the future. Thank you so much for joining our platform today and this profile about the virus, talking more about you and learning more about your humanity and the compassion that you have to make sure that everyone is protected and safe in the days and weeks and months ahead. Thank you so much again for joining us and being a part of our broadcast, Dr. Borla.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening
0: to this week's episode.